everyone. Today on What's My Frame, I'm joined by Emmy-nominated casting director and animation voiceover coach, Sarah Jane Sherman. Today, Sarah shares a wealth of insight into the animation world with us. Everything from improving your demos or even starting your journey in animation and voice acting from the start. How to improve your auditions and home recording setup. I first had the joy of meeting Sarah a few years ago through the SAG Foundation. And talking to her, it quickly becomes clear Sarah is an actor's advocate, as well as a creative that truly loves her job. She's currently casting Looney Tunes cartoons for Warner Brothers Animation. The majority of Sarah's casting career was at Disney Television Animation, where she spent 12 years learning how to cast an animated series from top to bottom. She was the executive director of casting and talent relations before leaving in 2017. Some of her credits there include Tangled Ever After, Phineas and Ferb, Gravity Falls, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and Fishhooks. Today's episode is a very special one. Please join me in welcoming Sarah Jane Sherman to the show. Hi, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Can you start us off and tell us about your journey to animation and casting? Yeah, well, I moved out to the Los Angeles area from Baltimore, Maryland. Um, came came out wanting to be what's called at the time it's called a D girl, which means somebody who was in development uh, and helped uh, buy shows, and that was my dream and that was my goal. And uh, my first job out here, though, was to be a production assistant on NYPD Blue, working for Steven Bochco um, as his corporate production assistant. And then I went from there to a company called Klasky Chupo, uh, known for Rugrats, as told by Ginger, um, Rocket Power. And those shows and that job kind of introduced me to the world of animation and, um, you know, being an assistant in that development field. And I was there for a couple years. And then my boss at the time, moved to um, Disney, and then I, uh, she ended up giving me my first job there as a first development associate. Um, so I did that for about a year, and I realized maybe this isn't quite the job for me. And while I was there, I got to um, get a little taste of the casting process, because as we're developing pilots, we would have to cast them. So it'd be my job to kind of go down and watch the actors, and I started looking around and realizing this is a thousand times better than what I'm doing. And I talked to the head of casting and I said, hey, is there any chance that I can come in and uh, you know, be a coordinator here? You have an open role? And he said, uh, sure. So Dave Wright brought me in and uh, I ended up being with that team for 12 years, working my way up through the ranks with um, coordinator, manager, uh, director, executive director. And uh, that's really where I learned how to cast an animated show. So I kind of fell into it just because those were the, the jobs that I was getting. Um, and then uh, after that, I was um, I left there to go work for John Stewart on a political parody he was doing with HBO, and I did that for about six months. And then John decided not to move forward with that project, so I found myself, oh my gosh, I just left a job for twelve years for a job for six months. What am I going to do? So then I found myself in the freelance world, and it was this kind of weird moment with you know, can I do this? Can I be a freelance casting director? Yeah. And so I was very lucky that uh, my first freelance casting job was for Warner Brothers. Um, they were casting Daffy Duck for a new opening for the Warner Brothers logo, just a little like the woohoo, woohoo, woohoo kind of sound. And um, that was my first freelance job casting, which led to uh, me working on Looney Tunes cartoons, which is the new uh, Looney Tunes show that's going to be on HBO Max, which again led to another show of Animaniacs, which I started casting and voice directing. Um, and then I went to Cartoon Network, and I've got a series and a couple of shorts there that I'm uh, working on and have worked on. 
um, some other pilots for Warner Brothers, some pilots uh, back at Disney directing. And um, yeah, so I've just kind of been around with the major studios. You landed on your feet after leaving HBO there for six months. Can you tell us one of your personality strengths that's an asset in your casting? Well, I mean, uh, this is what I hope is a strength of mine. Um, you know, I try to be approachable. Um, I try to, you know, make a, a fun room, a good room so that people feel comfortable to come in and do their best. And it's not a scary room where they're feeling the pressure and they have the nerves. I mean, there's already enough nerves going into an audition. So I try to make it uh, fun and inviting when I go in there or when people come into our casting room. Um, but I think it's really you have to not have an ego for this stuff because casting is so subjective. And I could say, great, this is my favorite choice. I love this, I love this, I love this. And they're like, nah. And I, you know, I can't take it personally, like, oh my gosh, that's my taste, this is everything, you know? I mean, everyone's gonna have different thoughts um, on the choices I make or on the choices that we make as a team. So I guess be flexible, not have an ego, just you know, realize that we're all out there trying to get the best voice for the role and you know, whatever is the best way that we can do that. Yeah. Now, going off of that, what is one of your favorite and your least favorite aspects of your job? Um, my least favorite aspect is uh, telling people they didn't get the role. Hmm. Um, you know, I think that's a really hard thing because sometimes, yes, people have it in perspective. It's, you know, they might be one of 500 auditions and so the odds of them getting the role are slim. But I think when they get down to maybe the last one of two and they feel really close about it and they feel really good about it um, and then they didn't get it. Um, yeah. and then it's really hard when it's, well, why, <laughs> you know, why didn't I get it? And, and I, it's hard. I mean, I want to tell people those, those answers that they can grow and, you know, help get it for next time, but that's mm -hmm. very complicated. I, I hate that part of it. Um, or like the recast anytime I have to do that. I think that's really hard. Favorite part of the job is, I mean, I get to introduce people to animation. Um, sometimes people haven't heard of, you know, oh, I never thought I could do voiceover. I don't have a funny voice. Um, so I get to introduce them to that world. Um, another favorite part too is when I was at Disney, I remember going to Disneyland and actually see, you get to kind of see the fans be excited about the shows that you work on. Same with like Comic-Con, because we're so far removed and we're making these shows and we're just separated. It's like, does this work? Yeah, this is good. This is good. And we kind of forget the joy that it actually brings people to watch. And when you actually get to see them wearing the shirts of the character that you helped uh, find the voice for or you get to hear the voice in a rye or something like that. And it's become this iconic uh, part of television history. I yeah. mean, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, because we get, again, so far removed from it, you forget about that, but I think that's pretty neat. That would be amazing. Can you give us a little behind the scenes on the casting process for animation from when you have the, the specs and the breakdowns arrive on your desk to the actor actually being cast and those different stages of the casting process for you guys? Yeah, well, uh, you know, I'll give a very shortened version of it. Exactly. There's a lot of other nuances that go into it. And I'll kind of walk through a pilot casting process because that's a little bit different than once a series has been cast as the week to week. So for a pilot, yes, I mean, I will get the sides. But before that, I do talk with the executive producer to um, get a feeling of the tone of the show, what they're looking for, hear it from the horse's mouth. Because it's one thing to read it, and it's another thing to hear them actually talking about the character. A lot of times they start to do the voices a little bit, which, you know, helps and hurts. Uh, but sometimes I just get a better sense of what they're hearing in the head. Um, because you can start to describe those voices, but it's hard because if you don't always have the right descriptors or you're, you don't actually sure what you're thinking, but yeah. really seeing the show pitched out and hearing their story 
um, kind of helps me get a better idea. So then I take those sides and I send them out to uh, voice agents. Voice agents will then send those sides to their actors that they think are appropriate. The actors for the most part, especially now, are recording from home and then they're sending them back to the agents. The agents decide what they want to send back and then I start to collect auditions. And I can get you know, anywhere from 100 to 500 auditions for a role, just depending on how specific the breakdown is and how wide I go with my casting. Um, if it's an easy role, I'm just looking for a random teen girl. I don't have to spend you know, hundreds and hundreds of auditions listening to that. If I'm looking for something highly specific, then I will really do a, uh, a bigger search and cast a wider net. Um, then I put together uh, my top selects. Me personally, since I'm freelance at the moment, I like to be pretty um, transparent of what I'm listening to and let the creative team just kind of see all of the auditions that have come in. It's not just, here are my top five. Um, it's, here's my yeses, here are my maybes, and here are my noes, just so that, again, they can see the um, amount of auditions that I've listened through, or if they want to just eyeball the maybe or no files to see if there's any names that jump out to them or people that they know or have worked with in the past. Um, and, uh, you know, then we kind of, then we will do the call backstage. Um, usually that is in person, but right now I've started to do online Zoom callbacks, really just uh, getting a feel for the actors at that point, making sure that, you know, it didn't take them 90 million takes just to get to that one take that they submitted, uh, mm -hmm. making sure they're likable, that we want to work with them. <laughs> um, they get the material and, um, yeah, that they kind of fit the show. And then we put them together mentally just to kind of say, okay, does that mother match this daughter, match this brother? Do they all sound like they're in the same world? Do they all sound like they're in the same family or from the same region? Um, making sure that they all piece together. And then usually we have to get some sort of approval or sign off. And then they say, great job. We loved it. And that's, that's our uh, main cast. Super easy. Just, just <laughs> super easy. <You> know? <laughs> Like a one-week process. Yeah. <laughs> I really like what you were saying. The way that the casting process is done for animation is so different than a breakdown of the agents flooding you with like their maybes, you telling them, to, asking them to know their talent base and to see who they send you back. I really like that. Um, I think it's really important for actors to remember that all creatives, and that is, that is not just actors and writers, but all creatives are creating and on this journey to try new things. Is there anything that you're excited to take on a project or a creative venture that's outside of animation in the future? Yeah, I just started working on a couple apps, which has been new for me. Um, one is a, like a choose your own adventure um, audio book type thing. So that's been kind of cool and exciting to try um, where you can listen to it while you're in your car and um, then it's all voice commands. So you say, you know, do you want this character to go in this room or that room? Or what do you want them to do? And then um, you get to hear the story based off of that, um, which has been new and exciting to do and just like a whole new project. And then I also did um, another app that's uh, in that audiobook realm, but it kind of is uh, taking the best of all uh, books on a certain topic and kind of condensing them down to one little uh, snippet there. Um, so that's been new, but what else do I want to do? I mean, I love new challenges. I mean, they're scary, but I, I always say yes to projects. I mean, I love to just work with new people. I mean, that's been the big thing about freelance, and I guess that's what you actors <laughs> deal with a lot too, which I hadn't, is, you know, being at Disney for so long, everyone knew me, and I knew what I was doing, and I was working with a lot of the same people, and that was great, but when you're freelance, every time you go in, you're starting a new job, and you're having to prove yourself all over again. It's like, oh, right, okay, day one on a job. Okay, day one on a job. Yes. Um, so, so I relate and I sympathize with you. 
it's a little bit like being the new kid at school, just repeatedly. <laughs> repeatedly, you know, and especially like I've gotten a taste of just as I interview um, on different projects, like what you guys are doing for your auditions and that, you know, yeah, you're getting pretty good, <laughs> good at those and interviewing so many times. It's crazy. You start learning your elevator pitch and what people respond to and the jokes that land and the jokes that you should just never do again. Yes. And my jokes, like I've got all these dad jokes now that I do in these <laughs> interviews and I was like, you know, I gotta, I gotta get some new material, but I mean, they work. So <laughs> if it works, it works. Just like we're talking about the, the landscape is ever changing right now and we don't know when it'll go back or if it'll ever go back to the, the same exact formula that it was. But for the actors that are taking this quiet time to refresh their materials, what are the tips or advice that you would have that actors can make casting's job easier? I would say, you know, going through to make sure that you can still uh, do and sustain all of the voices that are on your reel, um, that they're not, oh, these are from a long time ago. I sounded a lot younger. It's hard for me to get that high just so I don't book you on a job and, oh, I can't duplicate that. Yeah. Um, you know, updating your website to make it user-friendly is always a good thing to do. Um, I always say be searchable, be findable. Uh, in this downtime, I might be, you know, Googling, oh, you know, voice actors or things like that. I, mean, I probably wouldn't actually just, that's a little wide net, but Google something in particular um, and start to look through different videos and, you know, you want to be searchable and findable. Mm -hmm. uh, I like to tell this story of a guy that um, I once worked with that said, oh, Sarah, you know, I really want to be this voice actor. Like, all I really want to do is be a voice actor. I'm like, awesome. You know, so like, do you have an agent? And he's like, no. I was like, okay. You know, do you have like your stuff online? He's like, No. And I was like, okay, I was like, do you have a website or anything? He's like, no. And I was like, okay, how would somebody ever find you to give you this magical job that you want? You know, so it's, you know, having your website, having the keywords there, uh, maybe the different impressions that you do, um, or, you know, the area you're located in and voice actor and voice acting, all the keywords that I would find in a search. Um, and oh, and it's like I said, be findable, be searchable. Um, yeah, I guess also watching cartoons. I know that's kind of a fun, weird thing to say, but, um, you know, use this time to watch what's actually on TV and what's getting good ratings. You know, be familiar with the Nick Jr. show. Be familiar with a Fox show. I mean, Netflix, again, is, a, is, a, is an amalgam of a bunch of different types of genres and same with Hulu. Um, but they do produce shows and they do, you know, they might have, they don't have a specific brand, but they do have uh, shows that they produce. So do you know what a Netflix show is? Um, so knowing what's out there is to make sure that you can do those types of voices that are current and uh, timely. Now for actors that may be starting in animation uh, and are a little more open-minded than that gentleman and are wanting to make materials um, and they don't have a reel that's fully booked recognizable jobs or characters and they are trying to create a reel, um, what is the second best option for creating material to then build your resume? Um, well, I mean, it's think about the voices that you've been doing your whole life, you know, um, you know, as a kid, when you would kind of do your, your mom voice, or you would do your teacher's voice or the voice of your dog, um, things like that, the voices that really come easy to you. Um, and then start with those as your base kind of character voices that you do, if that makes sense. Cause those you can talk in that, you know, that voice for forever. Cause you're so familiar with it. Um, but you just really want to find your strength. So I would just record and practice a bunch of different types of voices and see what you think makes sense and see what you think sounds good. I mean, you want to think that the voices sound good too. Is it okay to just record the, you know, five to eight voices that they're really proficient in 
to give a jumping off point to show like what their range is naturally and then go from there. Yes. Yeah. I mean, but you really want to showcase your strength. I mean, I've heard this and I agree with this, that a bad demo is worse than no demo. Mm. Um, you know, if it's just like poorly produced, um, and, you know, just really kind of cranking some things. Like, I mean, I understand kind of people putting just samples together, but you still want it to be a certain level of quality and really be, you know, good voices. You don't want to randomly demo yourself out of a job. Still excellent sound quality. <laughs> always goes without saying. Now, I had the opportunity to see you speak at SAG Foundation in 2017. And if you guys want to check it out, it is still available in the SAG After Foundation's YouTube library. Um, Sarah, could you walk us through your advice that you shared that night um, for actors in finding their character's physicality in their audition process? Yeah, I mean... Sometimes actors think with voiceover, if, if they're not doing it all the time, oh, I just put on a funny voice and read these five lines in that funny voice. But really, you want to think about each scene, each line individually, and think about what the character is physically doing. Um, if you're playing a teacher and you're standing in front of, the, you know, and teacher's standing in front of the classroom, a teacher wouldn't just stand there and not move. You know, they might pass out papers. They might uh, talk to one student in particular and focus their attention. Um, they're going to move around. So think about your character doing that as well, because that impacts your voice. You aren't just going to stand there and just have your hands to your side with your shoulders not moving. No, it's like, you're going to do this. And then I'm talking to you in particular, you know, really um, getting that physicality, like you said, and moving around. Um, and that all impacts your voice. So you're really trying to create your dynamic performance based off of what you could picture um, your character doing once it's animated. Uh, I guess the phrase I always use is to create a visual experience vocally in that you're having the listener be able to picture exactly what you're picturing based off of your vocal performance, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. And that was one of my huge takeaways from that evening and listening to you on the panel. Do you have any advice for actors who are taping for you for the first time? World of like, they're taping at home. You're not getting to give feedback um, in real time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I would say don't, I mean, yes, you want to be worried about what the casting director wants to hear, but also do an audition that you're proud of and you're excited about. Um, you know, it's not just, eh, I, I think that's what they want. That's fine. You know, or it's like, oh, wow, I love this. I'm proud of this. I'm excited to submit this. Um, I'm looking for consistency in auditions too. I do notice that. Wow, this person has consistently um, submitted great auditions. You know, they something that someone that I could really count on. I'd like to work with them. Um, you know, that having been said, it's, you're not just auditioning for the role you're reading for, you're auditioning for this uh, role and then other roles that I'm casting on this show. And then, as I mentioned, I'm a freelancer, so I have other shows and other roles that I'm casting for. So a good audition is a good audition. So, um, you know, be proud of your audition you're submitting. Don't just throw it away <laughs> real quick. Listen back is another thing. Um, people forget to listen back. It, it takes an extra one minute a minute and 30 seconds to listen back to the audition, see if you edit it correctly. Uh, if you had a false start, um, you know, if something is cut off, you hear some weird noises in the background, just take that final listen. You, you actually just answered three of my questions all in one <laughs> answer. Look at you multitasking. That is a true mom right there. <laughs> all right. Now, I think a, a lot of Working voiceover actors have started investing in home studios, um, you know, a little bit of insulation in their closet. I know, you know, you see these things on Instagram, people are joking where they're like in their closet. But um, do you find that you hear a difference in the, the quality if they're like, they're going into their closet and they're investing that time and a little extra effort in their soundproofing? 
I guess it depends on if you're talking about an actual record or auditions. So auditions, we have a little bit more leniency with right. it, um, you know, and we're fine with people, uh, you know, how they're submitting these days. But yes, being in the closet is great. Having that dampened sound is great. Um, but now, I mean, at these, these times, we're actually doing broadcast quality records from people's homes, which I think is just crazy. And yeah. so um, we're having actors send in samples and being very particular about their sound quality, sending back notes. Great, it sounds like, um, you know, you need to dampen your, uh, put something over your desk because we're getting some echo from there. Or, you know, just fine tuning things, flip this switch, uh, move this over here um, so that you can get kind of the best quality possible. Um, but yeah, I think if they can, if you can set up a good place where you can, again, like hang blankets on the wall or surround yourself where it feels padded, um, that's always, that's always great. I was wondering if you have any books, classes, resources, um, obviously these would all be online right now, um, that you would recommend that actors invest their time in that want to learn more about animation or just hone their skills? Well, I like the uh, website from D. Bradley Baker, the I want to be a voice actor.com. I always recommend that. I think that's good from a um, working actor's perspective on things, and he has a lot of good information and it's free. Um, you know, I think you mentioned the SAG After Foundation. I think that's a great resource. Um, I really try to give a lot of free resources of the times we're in and um, what people, you know, have access to. Um, but as far as classes go, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff and I recommend taking classes from all different types of people. You don't wanna just be coached um, by one person or kind of know one way, because as I mentioned, casting is very subjective and um, you know, getting a good range of feedback from a lot of different types of people, I think helps shape, um, shape you into you know, kind of giving your best performance. You can kind of take the bits and pieces from everybody else and see what works for you. So there's casting directors that teach, there's fellow actors that teach, there are voice directors, um, you know, and then there's people who are strict teachers who just are doing it, you know, that are just solely teachers and even engineers. So kind of getting a whole range of perspective that way, I think is, um, is great for, to get that well-rounded experience. And you have a lot of resources and sites that you recommend on your website. And I also want to talk about that you started coaching and teaching yourself to give actors that behind the scenes perspective on um, animation. Can you talk a little bit about why you wanted to start teaching and sharing your insight and working, you know, even more with actors. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, the tricky part is that I have to keep them very separate. You know, I really have to think of two separate worlds just because of the times we live in and conflicts of interest. So my casting director hat is kind of, you know, in one side, and then I've got my voice directing on the other side, and I try not to let them mix in any way, shape, or form um, in that I don't, you know, obviously coach on anything that I'm currently affiliated with. but. Um, I just, I listen to so many auditions all the time. And I just, you know, I start to hear things that um, just repeat mistakes and things like that, that I just feel if people just knew they could help, uh, you know, it could really help them and they could start booking more. Um, so I started doing the classes with creating an audition that pops and uh, I do another one like finding your inner villain and things like that, where you, um, I just get a casting director's perspective on would this audition pop um, among the other 500 auditions. So I really just like sharing what, what I know. I mean, and it's tricky because I'm not a fellow voice actor. I can't do the voices myself, but I can tell you, I love to hear that. That sounds awesome. I would never want to hear that. that kind of, so try to give honest feedback um, on your performance. 
All right. The last question that we ask everyone on the What's My Dream podcast is what is one thing you wish you could go back and tell your younger self? I guess it, I mean, is along the lines of don't worry, it'll all work out. You know, you'll make it in the entertainment industry. Not that I fully made it yet. And hopefully I still have, uh, you know, some more to go, but um, it'll work out. It's worth making that leap. It's that idea of coming from Maryland and I had, uh, you know, $500 and I moved cross country and it's like, let's do this. Okay. <laughs> you know, and we're, and we're going to figure it out. So, uh, you know, make that leap and take that leap of faith and it's, and it's going to work out and you're going to be part of the entertainment industry. You're not going to be a D girl, but you're going to figure it out. <laughs> and they have changed that term now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. I have to look it up because it's actually a book and the book is called, you know, becoming a D girl, which, you know, times have changed. I have to look at that. Yeah, that's funny. I'm trying to get new insight on why your parents were concerned about you moving out here. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sarah. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. And to my guest today, Sarah Jane Sherman. If you'd like to learn more about Sarah's work as well as her coaching, you can visit her site at sarahjanesherman.com or find her on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening today, guys. I'm Laura Linda Bradley, and this is What's My Frame.